are we live? Cool. I'm hoping this board dried. Let me see. Oh, yeah. All right. You can write on it now because that's important. The writing part is important. Mere Christianity. So C.S. Lewis in, in this section, this book two part, is getting into uh, the God that he was, he was expressing from general concepts that there's maybe nothing out there to maybe there is something out there. And then he comes to argue, oh, this is, we're moving closer to Christianity. So that's... That's where he is in in this part. So we had two chapters we were going to work on, book two, chapters one and two. So the the, um, thing he comes up with in here is, well, there's we got to make a decision. Is there God or isn't there? And in his own story, God didn't play a part. He he just he said, no, I'm not I'm not um, going there. I think it's just. It all just happened, and people have to dream up, argue for, really work hard to come up with an idea that there is a God. And until he, he came to the point of he knew there was a God, and then he realized the other side was struggling to come up with a way to explain God away. But in these chapters, he's, he's taking us through kind of the process that he got away with. In getting but to that in point. these chapters, he's, so he's that's where we are. So hopefully you're ready for some mere Christianity, uh, a couple of chapters, and we'll take a look at it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the things that you do in our lives. All of us at every point, every generation, every uh, point in history, crossroads in history, where we have to come to under, understand who you are to discover more about what life is and where we fit and where we fit in our time and that you did that with uh, C.S. Lewis and that he was uh, willing to talk about it, wrestle with it, write it down and that we have the benefit of looking into those things ourselves. So guide us in this time together as we uh, look at those, those things, those arguments as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got oh, the idea that there isn't a God that that leaves us in, at one end of this. The other side is that maybe, maybe there is, and and then we have to decide uh, when we get there who 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 that is or what kind of God that is. So that's kind of where we are here in this this part of this thing. Rival conceptions of God. Is that one? That is just uh, his uh, statement about you know, taking taking a position. Christianity is right, and they are wrong. There's only one right answer, and they're wrong. They're wrong, and he's going. You know allow people even in in other religions to have some things that are true and this this is a 
if you've never thought of this, this is, this is a very helpful statement. The, all truth is God's truth. So if you haven't, um, you know, well, if it doesn't fit into my, my Christian, the books that my Christian buddies or the people that I follow or my influencers, <laughs> those guys, doesn't fit that, then it's wrong. Nah, all truth is God's truth. You may not agree with the way a Hindu looks at the world or how they view God, gods, because they have a lot of them. Okay. They still believe in gravity. They still believe you got to eat something. I mean, just, they're just things that just they, they agree on too. And that whole thing that led us to this point, the chapters leading up to this, where everybody, every human being, is wrestling with the idea of there, there's something about justice, about some kind of, there's something behind the scenes that is in all of us going, that just ain't fair. And it doesn't matter what your religion is or where you're coming from, it's built in. And so what he's saying is we don't, we don't have to be arrogant or mean. There's, there's truth out there. He's not saying that that leads you to the one true God, but it does say they're human beings who you're sharing the planet with. So share the planet. And they, there's things in there that are true. Uh, the ultimate part of it uh, in their belief system may be maybe there's something there that needs to be worked on. And if you allow them the, the freedom to wrestle with things, it's surprising what happens as a result. So... Uh, Christianity is right, and they are wrong, and that's just taking a, a, a perspective of, of uh, and he's talking about how we treat, how we how we deal with other people. There is truth out there, so we want to um, allow that to happen. He's he's talking about ancient Greeks, Romans, modern savages, Stoics, Platonists, Hindus, Mohammedans, which we would call Muslims, and against the modern Western European materialist position. So that's you know that's a big a, a big statement that he makes there at the at the very beginning. Um, he goes through the whole pantheism thing. If you guys, you, you pan means everything. It just it's not the pan in your kitchen. This is the pan covering the whole. So. Everything's God. Theism is God. Theos is the Greek word for God. So everything is God. So the trees are God. The lakes are God. The table is God. Everything's God. And you're part of it. And, and so in pantheism, you go hug trees, and you know we're all part of this thing, and all of it exists because it's all God. If it goes away, God's gone. You're gone. Everything's gone. Pantheism. That one has all kinds of problems, but it's it's a view that that has uh, grabbed some of the great minds. And uh, Hegel is a German philosopher, the early 1900s, and his his views on things really influenced people. And uh, he thought that was like that made sense. Everything's God. We're just part of this big thing the um, thing is when you make pancakes in the morning 
And then you come to church, because that's what all you guys did, I know. You could have, but if you made pancakes and you come to church, the pancakes are not you. You made something, but it's separate from you. You made that. And so the view of everything being you would be weird. And God's in heaven going, yeah, that'd be weird. I made that. That's separate from me. That's a different... I made the universe. That's separate from me. It's separate from the heavens that I made. That's, that's a separate thing. The earth is separate. So the idea of pantheism is, is out there. You'll run across it. You'll read it. It'll show up in all kinds of um, materials. Probably more familiar is more of a, a uh, dualism view of things and the dualism shows up in lots of people people's thinking it shows up reveals itself in things like um, the star wars uh, back story so where do you get the force if you've seen those movies there's a good side there's a dark side which is the good side? Well, our heroes are on the, the non-dark side, but the dark side is equally as powerful. And if you come to the dark side, you wind up with it, apparently, in some of these, more power than you have on the other side. And so they take over, and so there's this ba- balance or battle that goes back and forth. And so the idea of balance is, is in there with the the dark and the light, they are coming from both sides. And that idea of dualism is uh, part of Chinese philosophy. It, China, and Jap, Asian, a lot of Asian philosophy is going to come out of that. And the, the influence of, of dualism impacts the way people look at how religion fits into the to the world and to the mainstream, how 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 we ought to treat other nations, and it's equal. Well, and we move it into Christianity, and we have this. I'll just use that. Dualism, dark and light. We move it into. Well, you know, there's God, there's Jesus, there's Satan. Um, there, there's a view uh, that these are equal powers, opposite sides, and, and in tandem, they're battling it out. That's just the way it's been and always has been, which is the, the, uh, it's the ancient view, the ancient philosophy, the ancient religion, just packaged for Christians. And so there's the good and the bad. They balance each other out. The powers are the same. And, uh, you know, wow, that's really all over. It's in the books. It's in the stories you read. It's in the uh, mythologies. It is really all over. So that's, that's a dualism uh, version of things. Uh, Let's pick that up on mm-hmm. 
know, I do. This is on. This is in his the invasion part of this thing, and it, he's just talking about uh, people just want this to be a simple religion. They really just want it boiled down. Just give me something simple. What is there to to believe? And I don't really want to think about this too much. And and then he 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 says that there's no good asking for a simple religion because it's not simple. He, he said if you ask a scientist to tell you what what the table you're sitting at is really made of and he starts going through the atoms and all the things that are involved in the just the simple table the light waves that are bound, bouncing off that hit your eyes that let you see it and all of the elements that are involved in that kind this isn't simple I mean, it's just a table yeah but much more than that all, all of those other elements are playing a part. So the same thing when he's talking about a simple religion, mm, not so simple. We're talking about God the creator and all the things that are, that are around us and then the ways that human beings interact with him and how we've come up with our, our uh, different explanations of the world that's around us. And so we, we want to make that something um, more and more more and more uh, simple, but it just gets us into big trouble. Um, oh, it, Christianity, some people that want to destroy Christianity said such people put up a version of Christianity suitable for a child of six and make that the object of their attack. When you try to explain the Christian doctrine as it is really held by an instructed adult, they then complain that you're making their heads turn round, and then it's too complicated. And if that, if there really were a God, they're sure he would have made religion simple because simplicity is so beautiful. He goes on, you must be on your guard against these people, for they will change your ground every minute and only waste your time. Their idea of making... Uh, idea of God making religion simple as if religion were something God invented and not his statement to us of certain quite unalterable facts about his own nature. It is complicated. One of the, uh, this would be jumping into Christianity really quick, but I'll do it anyway. The the um, idea that that what Jesus did, Jesus is, you may have heard this, Jesus is the world's greatest teacher and he put all the cookies on the lowest shelf so that we could understand it. He made it simple. He told stories. He made it so a child could understand. And he used those parables to help us with that, except that Jesus in his own words said, I'm giving you parables so you don't understand. The spiritual will will understand it. He never put things on the lowest shelf. His bar is raised to the heavens. And only those who look up to him can ever see it. But if they're looking for the lowest bar, they're looking for something else. Because he's not doing that. It's not simple religion. It's not something God invented to, well, let's just grab these people and suck them in. There are groups, there are Christian groups, there are churches who do this 
in order to fill seats. And God in heaven is saying, what? I never intended that to be the case. Never made it that. It's, a, it's around us. It's instructive. It's, we, he's designed us to be capable of handling elementary things so that we can get into more advanced things. But he didn't put it here. That's somebody else's invention because they think, what can I do to control truth? What can I do to control him? What can I do to, well, and for some, in some cases, it's just lazy because it may require me to actually think, and I don't want to do that. So if you just put it down here, I can just call it some, you know, if you just, just do coloring sheets in Sunday school for enough years without introducing children to the one true God, what do you have at the other end? Adults who are still coloring sheets and think that's it because Jesus lowered the bar. No, never lowered the bar. He's just calling us to something higher. He didn't cover that in this chapter. However, it made me think of it. It's... Uh, Besides being complicated, reality, in my experience, is usually odd. It is not neat, not obvious, not what you expect. For instance, when you have grasped that the earth and the other planets all go around the sun, you would naturally expect that all the planets were made to match, all equal distances from each other, or distances that regularly increased, or all of the same size, or else getting bigger or smaller as you go further from the sun. In fact, you find no rhyme or reason about either the sizes or the distances, and some of them have one moon, someone has four, one has two, some have none, and one has a ring. Reality, in fact, is usually something you could not have guessed. It's one of the reasons I believe Christianity, it's a religion you could not have guessed. <laughs> Isn't that great? He's just putting, putting together some cool stuff. Uh, so he's moving us into to a, uh, a whole different way of, of looking at things. I was doing the, the dualism thing. So you just do the... You've seen that little deal before. That's dualism. So there's good and bad. There's, uh, God has set it up that way. So this battle is being fought. And uh, just, just to skip ahead in our, our part of this version of things, uh, it wouldn't be this. We'll put... God here. I'll put the extra over here. He's the creator. Oh, and let's put good. Creator, creation. And then we'll put down here. So the creation is not greater than the creator. There's no equality. There is no equal. There is uh, 
one God, and that creator is dealing with things that, well, some of it he's revealed and some of it he's kept secret, so we don't know all of the details. But he's working out things to help all of us come to know him, and he has never given absolute authority to his creation. He's not handing it. He doesn't give the keys to us. There are times in our lives when we think we're running things, and then you find out you're not. But Satan is not in charge. He's got he's got some things he's running, and we got problems with him. But that's that. This does not exist. This, so that's the dualism issue that Lewis is is trying to point out that that it's there. It's in the minds of people, and you know, just like writing the stories for Star Wars or many other uh, mythologies or books or even religions. They're they're just trying to figure out how do you how do you balance this? How do you deal with this? The dark is just as is just as powerful and just as good as the good. The good, just a different perspective, different way of looking at it. Ah, we get in all kinds of trouble with that one. Um, the same point may be made in a different way. If dualism is true, this is on page forty-three, then the bad power must be a being who likes badness for its own sake. But in reality, we have no experience of anyone liking badness just because it's bad. The nearest we can get to that is in cruelty. But in real life, people are cruel for one of two reasons. Either they're saddest, and that's because they have a sexual perversion, which makes makes cruelty a cause of sensual pleasure to them, or else for the sake of something they're going to get out of it, money or power or safety. But pleasure, money, power, and safety are all, as far as they go, good things. The badness consists in pursuing them by the wrong method or in the wrong way or too much. That's kind of, it's not just, I'm going to, just badness for its own sake. So this whole darkness thing is what he's arguing about with, uh, with the dualism. Uh, There is a dark power. We do have to deal with that. And that's part of what he is trying to explain to us is the uh, where all of that where all that fits. So in your thinking, have you encountered dualism? Have have you come across the idea of of uh, we need to put you know Christianity on the lowest shelf or that that's what Jesus does? Have you run into that? Anybody? It's one of those, uh, yeah, it's, it, it floats around out there. The ideas float around out there. There is a, an emphasis on uh, uh, what we can do. And it's trying to make sense of the world. That's what people are trying to do. And in some ways, make sure that we are controlling the narrative, the, the story, if we can get hold of some of these things and and we can get rid of God, that's an, another part of this. That's why the atheism thing plays a part in this. If we can get rid of God, then we can get rid of uh, that ought to that kind of rattles around in our heads. We can get rid of that and we can be the ones 
who now determine what's good, what's right, what's just. And then we can shout out to the universe, to those people around us, those people in our families. That's what is. That's the ultimate. And even when we yell at somebody in our family over what, however we're approaching, like if you're driving and you got somebody pointing out how you're driving, who put them in, in charge? Where, where, where did that come from? Where's this idea of I need to run things? How do we do it? How do we do it in our in our businesses? Who? And so we're working for somebody. Well, that manager is an idiot. If he did it my way, well, maybe he is. Bless you. But that determination is usually something that's written in the handbook, and it says this guy's in charge. From eight to five, this guy's in charge. And we hired him to tell you what you're supposed to be doing. And he's the guy who's going to report on how that happens. But if we're working for that guy and inside we got, you know, I got to, I can't handle that. I need to get rid of that guy because if I were in charge, this is how I would do it because my idea of justice, my idea of accomplishment, my idea, and you put all that, just move that backwards and go, I want to remove God from the scene. And this is just doing the atheist thing. I'm going to remove God from the scene, and I want to be the one making the call. I want to tell people how to do it. I want to tell them when I feel a little uh, need to change this, that because the way this ought to go fits me. God in heaven is going, now what? When did you get to be in charge of this whole thing? What, at what point did right and wrong, dark and light, justice, even the small things in how you do uh, life or work for the guy from 8 to 5, fall on you? Doing a good job for the guy from 8 to 5. Now that's what he's called us to do. But we want to usurp. It's built in. You felt it. You've worked for those guys. And some of them are idiots, so that's not, that's not taking that away from them. But in the time that you're working for them, that's who you work for. You work for idiots. We live in a world full of idiots. Sometimes we're the idiots and we're working, you know, people are working for us, so it kind of works out. And God is trying to guide us and give us instruction. And the pushback is, how can we get rid of them? We can get rid of them if we just call it this. It's just good and bad, just works out. There's really no God. There's no really rhyme or reason to any of this. We can make Satan and Jesus the same. They're just different powers doing different things. Well, how can we just erase God from the scene? Because really, what I feel about what my people do the morality, the, the things they get involved in, their sexuality, all of it. I just want to make that determination. 
me. I want to make that determination. What's good? And uh, it's good if I agree with it. If I don't agree with it, that's bad. You see, see the human entry point here? And God Almighty is going, ah, there's, there's greater. He's the one who sees it all. And he's the one who created. We are also creation. So we ought not be trying to jump above this line. But that, that happens at times when we're involved in whatever it is that we, we run across. Um, yes? So much yin, so much yang, that kind of thing. That's all from that that approach. Yes. Okay. That is true. Yeah, they're just trying to balance it out, and it and and the more uh, God can be erased uh, for for Buddhists trying to get to Nirvana, God is erased from that. There is no God. There's just the, the ultimate, you become one with oneness. You lose personality, you don't, you, you just go through these, you go through pain and suffering. That's the world that we live in. You go through pain and suffering, and eventually through uh, going through that over and over again, enough to squeeze the juice out of you, then you get to become one with the oneness. And they go, man, that sounds really exciting. I think I should join the other billion people who think that's cool. What, what kind of thing is that? It's a thing that says, how can we get rid of him? It's another version. How many ways can we come up with as humans to erase God from this formula? We don't want him involved. We don't want him telling us. We don't want his guidance. Even though inside, well, we ought to do this, we ought to do that. It just takes us in a whole different direction. But Buddhism takes is uh, one that erases him. The others eliminate him by it's just a balance of power. So he's no greater than Jesus and Satan are equal. It doesn't see it as God is the creator. And, and creation is below him. And creation can't take over. He is the creator. There is no no one greater than he is. That's... But, yeah, those, those things, they just enter into the world around us, and they, and they, destroy, they destroy us. There is a, um, uh, for a time I worked, I didn't have a green card when I lived in Germany as a civilian. And, and so you've heard about people coming across the border and not being legal. I was one. So I, I lived in Germany. I was legal in the sense that I had a passport that had a stamp that I came into the country. So they had that. But you only get so much time that you can do that. And then you have to leave the country. And there, there's a big requirement on that. I worked on the language. I went to the office, the immigration office, because you have to get a green card to work, just like here. 
So I'm trying to get my card. And I'd go in and I'd do the thing and I'd talk to them. And, and then they'd throw some German at me I didn't understand. And then I'd go, you're not, you're not ready. And I'd look at the form. i go, I don't really know what this word is. And you can't ask in English because they won't answer you. They're not like our group here that just says, sure. <laughs> These are Germans. <laughs> Out the door you go. So I go, okay. And I got I to gotta find work. You can't work if you don't have the green card, right? So I, I found work uh, kind of under the table, cash kind of stuff like, you know, people do. <laughs> so I was one of those. The other people who were working with me uh, were from other backgrounds. So there's a Hindu guy and there's a Buddhist guy and, and then we're working these jobs, kind of slave labor-ish kind of a thing, and, and making a few bucks, and we just kind of connected over time. And then they, you know, we're, we'd talk, take our breaks, and talk, and so I'd talk to them about, because uh, they would ask, you know, what in the world are you doing here, for one? And why are you working with us? You're an American. You should be. You should have some other thing going on. And uh, so we talk talk about their lives. And so their religions came up. They asked me about mine. I talk about Christianity, and they are just at first like, "Whoa, we don't go there." But after you do enough of the mopping floors, doing cleanup stuff, doing jobs that are um, don't pay well and you do that together they just open up I'm invited to have tea because mama sent tea from home Pakistan India and we had time to talk and talk about things and talk about Christ and talk about why why him why not one of these other things? Why not another view? Why why would that be relevant? And uh, Lewis's statement at the beginning is, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything you know is right and everything they know is wrong. So you just don't treat them mean. You just uh, listen there are things you can agree on, a lot of things you don't, but it's amazing what doors open up and they actually want to talk about, okay, if this isn't true and, and God is here, because in the Muslim thing, Jesus, well, Satan's not going to be right close, but Jesus is, is a prophet, but he's not the son of God, so you've you got a different way of looking at all that, but when you start realizing God can do whatever he wants and he had this other plan and it's like the lights are coming on and there's civil conversation that can happen across different philosophies and different religions that are uh, amazing and it really did open open the door for more more conversation along those lines at um, Oklahoma State my roommate I told you guys this. My roommate, my first roommate there was, because I just went into the random pool, and this guy's from Japan, didn't speak a whole lot of English. 
and he's in a master's program. And so he, he was hardworking, and he was trying to make uh, technical English he was pretty good on, just trying to day-to-day stuff, maybe a little tro- trouble. So we'd, we'd chat about things. Along the way, he finds out I'm, I'm the Christian because I'm having Bible studies. I'm talking to people. You know, he's just like, what is going on? And he's Buddhist. So his Buddhist background comes out, and he's wondering, um, why in the world would you do that? So we talk about Buddhism. He invites me to his Buddhism meeting. And then they have the statewide Buddhism meeting. I bet you didn't know they had one of those. You go to Oklahoma City with all the Buddhists. So I went, and we rode down from Stillwater, Oklahoma State, down there. We're talking, whole carload of us, and we go down there. And, and the head of the Oklahoma State Stillwater Buddhist group is driving, and you know we all, we all go down and have this whole interaction, uh, listen to all the speakers at the Buddhist meeting. Um, no, it was really it was they were they were filled with energy. We get in the car, we drive back, and they go so. So uh, what do you think of that? Well, you know, the Buddhist thing. And, it, and we had a chance to talk about where Jesus fit into all this, where these things fall apart. And Jesus offers something that is so much better. So you get this hour and a half to our drive back, and they're just like, huh, nobody's. Nobody's hitting me. Nobody pushed me out of the car. I mean, it was just conversation. The uh, roommate, his girlfriend, he got the hang of this talking thing. So he got he has a girlfriend. Second semester, she gets really sick. She's in the hospital in Stillwater. He doesn't know how this is going to, you know, he just, it's looking bad. So he's sitting at 3 in the morning. Namioho ringa kio. Namioho ringa kio. That's their prayer. And he's repeating it over and over and over. He's got his little bead thing. He's, he's just going to town. And nothing happens. Nothing gets better. It's getting worse. And he gets the calls. He goes down and he checks on her. And it just goes on. And so he, he wakes me up later, another night. Wakes me up. You've got to pray. It's just, it's just not looking good. You, you, you know a God. You, you talk to your God because I need help. So I prayed. And... Then he gets a call at 7 in the morning, and she's okay. So Masami said, tell me about Jesus. Then he prayed the prayer to accept Christ, because I had a little um, four spiritual laws thing. Walked him through it. Here's a little prayer. You can pray this prayer. He prays the prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. You know, it's, and the uh, guy was just, he was thrilled. He just, he, and he just took off, took off. But then that night and some subsequent nights, he'd open the little book. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my life. Dude, you don't have to repeat the prayer. We're good to go. But he's so used to his Buddhist methods that anyway he finally he got he got it, and uh, so that guy Masami Minazaki, he just did he he just turned from this whole Buddhism thing, and and he's still friends with the Buddhists, 
And, and the Buddhists, they were open to talking about Jesus. And he's going, man, that's a jump from a whole philosophy over here that sees the world a whole different way to there is a God, a creator. We are the creation, and he's done something remarkable. And he is, he really is Lord. And so anyway, he turned, came, came to that realization. But all, I, I just love that whole thing with Lewis. There, there's truth out there. Just find it. Don't, don't jump on the first thing that you disagree with. See where you have points of agreement and then talk to people. But don't give up the truth. Drag them along if you have to. Point them to Jesus. So, yeah. Examples you gave, you're really kind of giving them to maybe a non-believer or a new believer. So one would be where you said, um, if you work for a stupid manager. Yeah. There is a time somewhere in there as a believer where you have a responsibility, and there are usually avenues of dealing with that. Because I have thought of the people over history that if they had not stood up to some things, and, and I don't tend to be one of those. You know, I stand back, but it, then changes wouldn't have occurred. Right. And so there's there are ways to do it without being wrong or, or being in the wrong to do it. Right. Is that correct? And mm-hmm. also then when you said about your opinion, even you brought up sexuality, as we grow in Christ, he gives us truth. So it's no longer opinion. It's his truth. Absolutely. Now, people, if you ever say anything about it, now we should never come down on someone, but if, if you take a stand on truth, they usually say, well, that's just your opinion, and you're like, no, 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 I didn't come up with this. This is the Lord. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. it's just hard sometimes finding those balances of, no, it's not my opinion. Some things, yes, are my opinion, but some things are absolute truth. Right. Yeah, okay. No, just, I was just going through the psychology yeah. of, of, I want to be in charge. I'm the guy working I don't want to do this job, this dumb job I have to do. So that guy, if he did this better, it would be better for me. And that's a pushback on God. I drove your car. It told me what to do. The car told you what to do. I didn't know cars could tell you what to do. Mine's just old enough. It doesn't tell me. That freaked me out. There was no voice. And you didn't tell me that they would tell me. And And enjoy it still. Yeah. Yeah, once I figured it out, this thing is cool. Yeah, that was fun. I was totally kidding. But it did freak me out. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, the pushback is on God. Not, not that there's not a time when the, we're dealing with somebody. and Yeah, but we need to do that. And stand for truth no matter what. But there, I'm just trying to figure out an example that would say, how do we push back? Where does that show up in our lives? Because we do. Some, and with, it can be the government. It can be our jobs. It can be it's something. And it, sometimes in, his, in the... Not for us, we're we're followers of Christ, but the, yeah, because he's dealing with the people, the general public, and how do we get people to recognize that God is God and Jesus is who he said he was. So you go through all of this because we're pushing back against him being who he is. 
and that built-in thing is just something in relationships and work and government and wherever we are that we push back. And there are times when we should because they are not God. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But that it it does it does change things. This this is worth the price of the book. The last part, last paragraph. Enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to church, you are really listening in to the secret wireless from our friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. He does it by playing on our conceit and laziness and intellectual snobbery. I know someone will ask me, do you really mean at this time of day to reintroduce our old friend the devil, hoofs and horns and all? Well, what the time of day has to do with it, I do not know. And I am not particular about the hoofs and horns. But in other respects, my answer is, yes, I do. I do not claim to know anything about his personal appearance. If anybody really wants to know him better, I would say to that person, don't worry, if you really want to, you will. Whether you like it when you do is another question. We are in enemy-occupied territory, and we have the opportunity of uh, representing the Lord right here, right now, in this place, at this time in history. And we're taking on the evil, but we're representing the creator in the middle of of a world that wants to go a different direction. And what that's why he was laying out, okay, there's these different philosophies, different ways of looking at the world, uh, different approaches to how, how Christ is seen. So all of that uh, leads us to this place where, okay, we are dealing with something, and we are dealing with the devil, but it is far from equal. It is far from equal. So, thoughts, other thoughts, questions, driving tips? I like to, in chapter 1, I like what Lewis said about uh, if you're a Christian, you're free to think that uh, all those religions, even the quirkiest ones, contain some hint uh, of the truth. And, and that really applies, you know, it's just like the hardcore charismatics will one day see that it's not a prerequisite to be to speak in tongues to, to get to heaven. Yeah, there's all kinds of things get added in yeah. and you go, well, that, yeah. that's not really there. Yeah. Different pressures. But We've got a whole world of people going a different direction and, and uh, doing everything they can to, to miss him. Because some don't know what to do with him. That's, that's one aspect. And then others know he's there. They just don't, don't want to hear it. So they push back. People who grew up in Western Europe or America and have been exposed to Christianity and they go, you know, I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to do life that way. They, they've been privileged to hear it, but they don't want to do life that way. And you know them. You've met them. They just want to go do their thing. 
and push him out. So then they will embrace, they'll jump on this. And a whole lot of those other philosophies, which is why the Buddhist organization at Oklahoma State had a pretty good crowd because they're just pushing. They grew up here. Not Masami, he was Japanese, but other people did. And they'd jump in and you go, wow. We have a great God. He's got great stuff for us. It is cool to be part of what he's doing. So do um, the rest of this is three, four, and five, I think. Yeah. Three, four, and five in book two. That finishes book two. We'll do that for next Sunday. And then we get to Christian behavior. So if you guys are going to skip, that's probably when you're going to do it. (laughs) Get into that. All right. We'll go get some uh, snacks and some coffee, and we'll take a break and meet back for service in a little bit.